Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are off their session lows. It is a down Thursday. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all declining ahead of tomorrow morning's jobs report. And this update brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 1-866-SECTOR-ETF. Treasuries are joining a sell-off in European government bonds sparked by weak demand for French debt, heightening a nervous mood that spilled into the U.S. equity market. The S&P down 17 now at 24.15, a drop of 7 tenths of 1%. The Dow is down 118 points, down 6 tenths of 1%. NASDAQ is down 47, down 8 tenths of 1%. The tenure down 12.30 seconds at yield, 2.37%. Gold is higher by 2.20 the ounce to 12.23, up 2 tenths of 1%. And West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil is up 5 tenths of 1%, up 23 cents a barrel to $45.35. Service industry growth gaining momentum, but job growth could be shifting into a lower gear. Let's get more on the story now from Bloomberg's Vinny Del Judice. The ISM non-manufacturing index rose to 57.4 in June, led by a rebound in orders. That's consistent with a pickup in second quarter economic growth. The ISM factory index released earlier in the week advanced to the highest in nearly three years. Looking at the labor market, payroll processor ADP reports businesses added 158,000 jobs in June, less than the prior month. The government, meantime, reports jobless claims edged higher last week. Beneath Dow Judice, Bloomberg Radio. And, of course, the jobs report tomorrow morning, 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. L Brands, which owns Victoria's Secret and Bath and Body Works, declining the most in more than four months after reporting June sales that missed analyst expectations. Shares are plunging 14.2%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Charlie Pellet, thank you so much. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on this Thursday. Carol Master, Corey Johnson, let's bring in our team. We've got uh, our own Carl Rigadana, our chief U.S. economist here at uh, Bloomberg Intelligence, our in-house group of analysts, and Bloomberg Markets reporter Danny Berger also with us watching the equity trade. Carl, how excited are you? It's the jobs report tomorrow. Coming up tomorrow, very exciting. <laughs> it's like the big celebration. Absolutely. Or, or hopefully, I don't uh, know. Ho- hopefully a celebration, and uh, my team is uh, forecasting a number that will be worth uh, celebrating. We're at about really? $195,000. Uh, consensus, I think, is about 180000 maybe just shy of that uh, uh, late in the uh, afternoon. Not uh, from 178 And this is uh, critical to see this bounce back, because if you look at, for instance, a 3-, 6-, 12-month moving average, there's some deceleration that's been taking place, and the main number, 138000 was not a uh, decent number, so that really fanned the flames of those who were concerned that, uh, for one reason or another, uh, the labor market may be on the cusp of uh, stalling out. Uh, the reason I'm above consensus here uh, is that I think a lot of the seasonal hiring, whether it's college students, high school students getting summer jobs or just summer employment, uh, may have been bumped out of May uh, and into June. Okay. Uh, and so uh, if we average two months out, then we'll have a better sense of the underlying uh, employment trend. Yeah, it's it's a it's a dramatic and important time. I would imagine, Danny, uh, from, the, from the equity side of things too. You know, I see volatility surging today, and I wonder if people are starting to get a little bit anxious about these numbers. Yeah, well, also, I mean, we always talk about uh, 
is good news bad news? Is bad news good news? Well, What's going Tesla, on here? Sh- Tesla <laughs> ships their car and a stock crashes. We're still right. at twelve fifty two on the VIX. Yeah, but you know, we that's a big this past the two hundred day moving average, right? And and this pain we've seen, like the easiest thing to point to is this uh, coordinated tightening among central banks. So if we take that a step further, saying okay, Treasury stocks all selling off, uh, then if we get good employment numbers, then one would assume we're going to continue to see tightening and continued hawkishness. So now I'm starting to wonder if, if, if we are going to remain in the, or revert rather, to the good news is bad news market where people are saying, all right, this, uh, this tightening is going to continue. Um, I'm going to continue to, uh, see pain in my portfolio that has both asset classes in it. From an economics perspective, Carl, is, should good news be good news or should good news be bad news? Maybe in terms of Fed policy. Can I, can I say both? Uh, yes, I, I think uh, in, in terms of uh, interest rate policy, uh, good news may be uh, bad news uh, for those who are hoping interest rates will remain uh, low. The minutes of the last Fed meeting were uh, so critical in understanding the thought process behind this balance sheet runoff policy. Uh, the Fed has given all the details of how it will work, except the start date, uh, which we know will be in 2017, but uh, not much more uh, color on uh, that front. Uh, there was, however, in the in the back pages of the minutes, evidence that there's some second guessing happening at the Fed. So all along, we've heard balance sheet policy should be passive, operating in the background, like watching paint dry, et cetera, et cetera. But there was a camp uh, present at the Fed, and I think that camp is going to grow, of policymakers who are starting to now wonder if we're in an economy that's just meandering along at two, two and a quarter percent in terms of GDP right. growth, uh, can it really endure a much more aggressive pace of tightening the balance sheet runoff, uh, three or four rate increases uh, happening uh, in, in addition to that? Uh, this is an economy that's barely digested uh, one rate hike per year right. uh, over the past few years. And now we're talking about a much faster uh, degree of normalization. And uh, some policymakers are starting to wonder, uh, should they pull back on the interest rate? lever and not tighten as much, uh, given that the balance sheet is unwinding. Uh, we have to see how the markets digest that. But if we're getting strong economic data, then they're going to stick to their guns with the three rate increases for next year. Do we uh, – are we – I don't know this is a Are we making too much of a, a quarter-point move here or a lack of a quarter-point move? I mean, is the direction is, – is what we're really t- fretting about is the change in direction of the Fed or potential thereof? Well, it, it, it's the level and the direction here. Uh, the Fed is closing the gap between the cost of financing, the overnight rate, uh, and the uh, growth rate in the economy. And so uh, as you're pushing uh, pushing that gap to narrow, uh, then policy becomes considerably less accommodative. And if we look at what's driving the economy right now, it's interest-sensitive spending. It's things like housing, uh, autos, uh, and other types of consumer spending. If you have interest rates move higher and put a break on that component of the economy, uh, you have to ask yourself, well, what is left to drive growth? Because we're all going to switch over to electric cars. We're doing a, a story later on from the Bloomberg New Energy Finance guys, and they're saying, I don't know, is it in the next decade, two decades? We're all going to be – it's going to be electric cars. So we're yeah, all gonna it's going to be a that. slow transition <laughs> because if we look at yeah, – I, I just came back from vacation, and I was stunned at the low level of gasoline prices right. uh, while I was traveling. And you know what that means? If I'm spending less at the gas pump, gives me a little more uh, cashola for uh, uh, dessert or uh, uh, some other uh, you know items that I spend money on. Is that because you're driving a Humvee? That. I mean, how much are you talking about here? <laughs> Our producer, Paul Brennan, says you just spend more money on cocktails. 
Well, that's what I was uh, implying. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Berger, uh, you're sitting there on the on the st- with the stocks team and on the stocks desk watching things. What else has kind of come to your attention today? Yeah, I think it's just besides cocktails. Besides cocktails, no, that's that's for later today. That'll that'll uh, get my attention in a, in a couple hours. Um, but I think it's not just that stocks are selling off. I think it's that. Uh, this, this correlation we've seen. And, you know, I mentioned this earlier today about uh, how there are certain strategies that depend on um, stock, uh, gains in both stocks and bonds. And not only have there been gains, but they've been pretty uncorrelated. So we get into this environment where all of that is turned on its head. Uh, both sell off, both become highly correlated. Uh, and that's where you get people saying, all right, all these funds are going to delever and they're going to hurt markets. Um, and, and, you know, we might be seeing that. Uh, and, uh, but uh, on the bright side, at least it's finally something happening in markets. <laughs> not, not to be too grim about it, but I mean, we've had, you know, a lack of volatility. Yeah. And, and, you know, not just for my own benefit, because sometimes it's fun to write about sell-offs more than just, uh, everything as usual. But, you know, managers have been, been complaining there's no volatility to take advantage of. So here you go. Uh, they're getting a present with this. Hey, uh, just quickly, Carl Riccadonna, got about 10 seconds. Those ADP and Challenger numbers, which were a little bit light or weaker? They have uh, been, uh, not that great as a forecasting tool over to the past few months. And so I, I, I'm inclined to hold that at arm's length. Once again. All right. We're looking forward to the jobs party, economic party tomorrow at 8.30 a.m. Wall Street time. Cora Kadana, our chief U.S. economist at Bloomberg Intelligence. Check out his analysis on Bloomberg.com, along with Danny Berger of our Bloomberg Markets team, who's following the stock market for us. This is Bloomberg. So Nathan Hager right now with a look at world and national news headlines. He's in our 99.1 studios in Washington, D.C. Thanks, Corey. Not exactly a party atmosphere in Hamburg, Germany, a day before the two-day G20 summit protests on the streets of the second largest German city. Police have fired water cannons, pepper spray, halted a massive march through the streets after hundreds of demonstrators, some wearing masks, threw bottles and other objects at officers. Dozens of protests are expected across Germany for the two-day summit. President Trump's under increasing pressure to address election meddling when he meets with Russian President Vladimir Putin on the G20 sidelines tomorrow. Five Democratic senators have written to Trump saying it would be a severe dereliction of his presidential duties if he doesn't confront Putin. Russia's Sherpa at the G20, Svetlana Lukash, tells Bloomberg. We always say that uh, it is an internal problem uh, of the uh, U.S. And actually, uh, there is no evident uh, evidence uh, that uh, it was us uh, countering uh, into uh, interfering into this uh, election campaign. So, but uh, the president would be much more clear on this. At a news conference in Poland prior to his arrival in Germany, President Trump had this to say about it. Well, I think it was Russia, and I think it could have been other people in other countries. Uh, could have been a lot of people interfered. Could be a glimmer of progress in the fight against opioid addiction. The Centers for Disease Control says prescriptions for highly addictive painkillers fell about 13 percent from 2012 to 2015, the first national decline since the crisis began in the late 90s. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.